0: To Speak Your Mind the podcast with Carla Peva. Today we will be speaking with a special guest, Amelia Mendez. She will be sharing her story with us. Welcome Amelia. Tell us your story and how it started. Thank
1: you. So I was actually born in the Azores of Portugal where I was actually born into an orphanage and I was adopted into a family over in the United States um, just to give me a life.
0: Okay. And um, while going through the uh, process of growing, um, you know, with your uh, parents, um did they always share with you that you were adopted or was it something like a secret so
1: i've actually always known that i was adopted um i've had i've never any questions i've ever had my parents have always been open and honest about it and they've been amazing Um, with any questions that I've had, or about, you know, reaching out, or anything like that, so they've, my parents have been so
0: picture-perfect kind of thing.
1: Yep, Um, so, you know, my mom has always been, when the time comes, if you ever want to, you know, go visit, or you know, meet your biological family, meet your biological mom, your siblings. Like, she was always very encouraging about that. Um, I feel like, which is a very hard thing to do for an adoptive mom, because I can only imagine the feelings of, well, what if she doesn't feel like my daughter anymore? Or what if she doesn't think I'm her mother anymore? Or, you know, a lot of insecurities that could happen. Yeah, for
0: sure. So how did it make you feel when um, you knew that you were adopted?
1: At first I didn't quite understand it. I didn't Mm -hmm. know if it made me any different than any of the other kids. Um, But at first I I think I've always had the same feeling. Throughout my whole knowledge of what it was and, and gaining more knowledge of where I came from and my heritage and, and everything. And um, I think that feeling was always of, well, my parents got to pick me. They handpicked me. That kind of makes me a little bit more special than somebody else. And so I, yeah. I just, if I have come across people who are mean, who have tried to use that against me like well you're you're adopted and i would just turn around and say well my parents picked me they they picked me they handpicked me they wanted me and that would usually just quiet anybody who had anything bad to say
0: that's that's really brave because i mean that's basically like going through bullying and nowadays like Bullying, it's such a a thing that everyone goes through in their life and especially, um, you know, going through that experience that, you know, you're still trying to understand the process of Mm -hmm. basically your parents picked you, like you said. um, It was something that you were still trying to understand, right? Right. So in having people to pick on it, it was like... uh, who are you and why do you think you have the right to do this right
1: exactly exactly so i was always one that was not afraid to speak up i always was i was never afraid to put somebody else in their place or you know challenge someone if i felt that they were wrong and that's definitely something that i think my parents instilled in me growing up and that was always one of my when my you know when my dad would talk to me he'd be like don't ever let anyone make you feel bad about who you are and where you come from so that always kind of just stuck with me
0: yeah and I find that's like um so beautiful like you know any couple that have the initiative to actually um embrace a child that um you know they didn't um give birth to but The fact that they're willing to give life to.
1: Right. Right? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, growing up, knowing that I was adopted, it was always more of like, if I ever did, you know, find my family members, it was always something that I knew it wouldn't be trading one for the other. It would be, I have more family. There's more to be thankful for. There's more to be blessed about. So it was never, oh, they're not my parents, or they're my parents, they're not, they gave me, you know, there's never any anger towards anybody on any side. Like, I'm thankful I was put up for adoption, and I'm thankful for the family that adopted me.
0: Yeah, which um, on the other hand is they gave you a world that nobody else was able to give you, right? Um, which includes the quality time, the love, the dedication towards what you feel is your dreams. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like a beautiful uh, foundation and future for you.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, seeing my parents demonstrate their relationship was a great guide for me to go on when it came time for me to... Start having a relationship with someone special or anything like that. They were, they were just basically the guide that I was like, well, that's not how my parents do it, so we need to follow their footsteps. But at, <laughs> the, at the end of the day, yeah. once you know, once you get older, you kind of realize what works for you and what doesn't, and it's not always hundred percent like your parents. But they just created that foundation of what to expect.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's like, um, they lead by example, right? Yes, definitely. And, and at the other side is like, um, they showed you, um, you know, mm-hmm. they basically guide you and showed you the advantage and disadvantage uh, in life, mm-hmm. right? And, um, yeah, I mean, like, everyone is different. Everyone has their own uh, character yeah so um they got lucky to find each other and to love each other deeply for so many years right Mm -hmm. Um, so they tried their best to transition that into you uh while you grew up right
1: absolutely 100 100
0: and i mean the fact that to them it was not like putting you in a position where it's not um, like you don't have to choose um, us or uh, your adopted uh, family. Right. You know they actually open the door and allowed you to be who you are and, and uh, have the ability to connect if you choose to, and they respect that. I mean, it takes a lot for um, someone to actually um, be like that and have that open mind. Right.
1: Right. And. You know I've always been very my parents have given me everything like I basically people think of like the perfect life and you know what what they want to create for their kids and the white picket fence the ideal you know back back then it was like the ideal American dream like you know you have your family and that's perfect and everything is great and it really really growing up it really was like everything they made sure I was protected I felt safe I you know knew my right for my wrong they respected me they showed me you know I showed them respect and it, there was just a lot of learning teaching and there wasn't I would have to say there wasn't many hard times as there were amazing times like there's so many more amazing memories that i have with both my parents that i am so glad i have with them because not a lot of people get to say that
0: yeah for sure i mean um not a lot of people um are fortunate enough to fall in the arms of you know a loving family
1: Mm
0: Um, after they're adopted, right? Right. So um, the fact that you were lucky to have that, um, it's, like, amazing. It's, like, priceless, right? It really
1: is. You, you can't put a price tag on on all the memories and the good times, the vacations, the family time, the game, like everything. There's just... There's no price tag for that. You just... it's It literally was just probably... If I had to picture my children, my future children growing up, I would want them to have a very similar upbringing that I had in this similar family dynamic,
0: which basically shows that your parents did a good job, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would
1: say so. If I if I had to toot my own horn, I would definitely say yes, they did a good job. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. And uh, have you ever gone back to your roots to visit?
1: So we were actually supposed to go back to the Azores and go to Portugal. And then my dad actually ended up passing away. And we had to cancel that trip due to coronavirus as well. So we weren't actually able to go back. And we really, really wanted to. We were really looking forward to going to visit, you know my my dad is full-blooded Portuguese as well, half Azorean, half mainland. So my dad just wanted to go visit his family as well. So it was just more like a big like family trip going to see everyone, meet everyone. and really connects to our heritage and our country and where where we're from
0: we are going to take a quick break and we'll be right back stay tuned welcome back and i hope you're enjoying amelia's story Amelia, you brought up about the fact of your father passing, so share with us how was that experience for you.
1: Our first year, our first of everything without my dad, and um, that was probably, you know, we all go through growing periods in our lives where in our own way we hit rock bottom, and there's only one way to go, is, and that way is up. And I had a very, very, some day. my days have gotten a lot better, but I have had some very, very, very dark times um, within this last year, just trying to process my grief and cope with my dad's presence, not physically being here. Um, That was always something really hard for me to handle because I never thought that I wouldn't have him. That thought just never crossed my mind. We have so many of our memories, like just me and my dad, that I didn't think I would ever have to face a day where, or I not that I didn't think he he would never pass, but I just didn't think I would have to say goodbye so quickly before he got to see his grandchildren. And he, he loved kids, so he just would have been the best grandfather around. So I think that was the hardest part for me was that I didn't get to introduce him to his grandchildren. But I know that if I am meant to have kids that on a higher plane, he's already met them. And I think that to me is the biggest blessing because I know I have him watching over me.
0: Yeah, that is very true. And um, I mean, they're always there. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes they send us signals, messages. I truly believe in that. Um, And the fact that we're always open to listen to the messages. And and even if it's just like uh, we're having a bad day and all of a sudden there's this song that Um, you know, you shared with that person and it's like, okay, I hear you. I know you're there kind of thing, right?
1: absolutely. Every now and then I'll hear a song that my dad used to love whenever we'd be on his motorcycle. He'd just blare like a couple certain songs. And whenever I'm listening to the radio, even if I'm listening to Spotify and that song, those specific songs come up, I'll, I'll always just whisper to myself, hey, dad, I hear you. So it's just kinda it's just kinda one of those nice reminders that, that they are always around, whether they're around physically or or, you know, spiritually, they're always with us and I think the best thing for anyone to do in that situation that has been through such a hard time would be to, you know, just look back and say, you know what? I'm going to live on In their memory and create more memories and and teach everyone what they taught me just basically give back to the world what they gave and just really live in their honor like that's just probably the best thing that I can do for myself because that is exactly what my dad would want me to do
0: yeah and uh, also The other thing is, um, how do you um, cope cope with that? Like, do you, um, like, is there certain things? Do you go to counseling? Um, What do you do to help you go through this uh, grieving journey?
1: So I actually decided that I needed, I was starting to project my grief onto my relation my close relationships like my relationship with my mom I was starting to kind of withdraw a little bit and with my boyfriend who is an absolute saint by the way he's amazing he I was projecting a lot of anger towards him like if he went out with his friends I was like well why aren't you going out with me like that's not fair but we do go out we do have our our time and He does deserve to let loose and hang out with his friends every now and then. Like, that's not fair to him. So. Right. I was, I looked, he and I sat down. We had a really good heart to heart. And I said, you know what? I was like, I really need to get this grief under control. And, you know, I really don't want to continue to be like this because this is not who I am. I know I'm not this kind of, this person.
0: And. Yeah, plus it's
1: not healthy, right? No, it's not. And that's not how our relationship started out. So I'm like, I don't want to start going down a toxic road. So I told him, I was like, listen, I have to start doing something or some things for myself. And I need to find my ways that is going to help me clear my head and cope and, you know grieving process, whether it be going fishing on a whim or doing something that me and my dad used to do or just something that I needed to just reconnect with myself and and who I am. So we came up with a plan that I would go into, I would start talking to a therapist and kind of really start to get the tools that I needed to cope with my own personal anger towards the whole situation and then once things started opening back up around here i decided to start playing soccer again and that was an amazing amazing way for me to get my frustration out get my anger out clear my head and i don't know if i didn't start playing soccer again I don't know where I'd be but it definitely definitely like being active at least just like once a day just really helps a healthy frame of mind and that was one thing that really was always my thing with my dad was me going to play soccer and I'd come home and he'd be like did you win and I'd be like no we didn't win he's like well that's all right did you play hard and I'd be like yeah, I did play hard. and He'd be like, that's all that matters. So I think just keeping those memories fresh in my head and knowing that he was proud that even at my age, in my almost mid-30s, that I'm still playing a sport that I absolutely love. And I think that was one thing that really helped the healing process for me.
0: So it's kind of like um, through soccer, you still connect with him kind of thing because um it's something that he was proud that you were in it and you always were involved in this sport right absolutely. growing absolutely. up
1: absolutely and that was that was always he was always so proud that i always wanted to try every sport at least once and he actually i wanted to when i told him i wanted to play hockey one time he goes mm, no You have anger issues. That's not going to fare well on anyone else. We're doing everyone else a favor. So he wouldn't let me play hockey. That's what he would say. (laughs) He wouldn't let me play hockey. But I did do cheerleading for hockey. And um, we would have father-daughter dates to the Bruins games. And we would just, you know, just take the car in to Boston and just go watch the Bruins play. And that was kind of like watching sports was our thing so I mean, it didn't matter what yeah. sport it was if there was a sport on whether it be soccer, baseball um, football hockey, basketball we were going to watch it and we were going to talk about it and we were going to be like why didn't he pass to that guy I don't know, he should have passed he should have done the fake out to the left Like that was just our uh, how we connected to each other and uh, it's kind of amazing now that even my boyfriend he loves watching sports with me because he's like you actually know what you're talking about and i'm like yeah you can thank my dad for that one
0: <laughs> so and your and your dad served for the city my right he was a
1: police officer yep he um he worked for actually our county and um, he did he had a canine so he had a police dog and he I was so proud of everything that my dad had accomplished, and even even things that he didn't feel like he accomplished, but I saw.
0: You saw it as accomplishment. I might
1: have saw it as a setback, but I still saw it as an accomplishment. So, it was. My dad being a police officer was probably one thing that I was incredibly proud of him for. Even though a lot of people don't like police officers, we catch a, even the families catch a lot of flack. And with everything going on that we really, really, you know, caught a lot of like we got called a lot of names. And, you know, it's just one of those things where we're a family, we stick together and, you know, we're a police family and that's what it comes down to and you know we we love each other we love everybody that treats us right We treat everybody right and that's all that matters. So
0: yeah, that's for sure. I would think that uh, being a police family you would have more people would have more respect and not be so um, you know uh, argumental or uh, have certain, ugly negative feelings towards
1: yeah that that was actually a really hard thing to go through because here I am here's my dad he just passed away and so many negative things are coming out about police and it just wasn't fair because in my heart I knew that's not how I was raised and you know, mm-hmm. I wasn't raised to treat anyone differently. I wasn't raised to, you know, treat someone poorly because of their skin tone. That's not how I was brought up. I was brought up with the in- the intention that everybody's good until they prove you wrong. And
0: yeah, plus um, I feel all lives matter kind of thing.
1: Absolutely. And, you know... M- My dad used to tell me, because we grew up in a very predominantly white community, and my dad saw everything. He saw the lowest of the low, and he met the highest of the highs, and he would look at me and say, you know what, we all bleed the same color, and we all have our skeletons. Our skeletons are all the same, we all have the same amount of bones. He's like, and that makes us no different than the next person, regardless of what they look like on the outside. And I think today, that lesson that my dad taught me was probably the biggest lesson to continue to project out into the world, because I firmly believe that you have to be the good that you want to see in the world, and it will come back to you. And that's what I always wanted to do I always I treat everybody I meet I don't care what you look like I don't care you know who you are what job you have your job is important you are important and that's all I care about you know everyone is a person everyone has a soul everybody bleeds and I think with the whole um all the movements going on like I 100% support everything, but at the same time, I also support my family. And I do come from a law enforcement family, and they've never... If I can, you know, accept anyone for who they are, that should say something.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, that's how you were brought up, right? So, now, um, the other thing is... um, growing up and going through all that um you know and trying to figure it out your own dreams and what you wanted to do on your Mm -hmm. career um uh, i know that one of jobs and that you do it's um hairdresser and i believe that's how you started
1: yeah
0: right so um how did you know that was the the job you wanted to um proceed at an early age and when did you start it? So
1: I actually right out of high school I graduated high school and went right into beauty school and I went to a cosmo school in a different state so that way because each state has their own mandated hours that they require so I didn't know if I wanted to come and stay back in Massachusetts so I... I went to mm-hmm. a school out of state and got more hours than what Massachusetts requires. And I had been, I had known I wanted to be a hairdresser probably since I was in the first grade. And I remember, I.
0: that sick yeah, in the first grade. Wow. I remember
1: saying to my mom, I woke up one morning in the middle of the night. I wanted short hair. My hair was long, beautiful, curly. I think it was actually touching my bum. And I ended up taking scissors to it in the middle of the night and surprising my parents on their wedding anniversary the next day with a short haircut that had to be severely fixed. My, my father. Oh my was God. Not How did you. <laughs> I can only imagine. He was just, he was beside himself. They didn't know what to do. They were like, what? And ever since then, my mom has actually kept my little pocketbook full of the hair that I cut off, just so that way when I have kids and if I have daughters and they do the same thing, she can be like, see, you did this too. So...
0: (laughs) So don't my yeah. dad so you
1: know you reap what you sow kid that's basically what she wanted you know to remind me of and you know it was always it was always you know we always had fun but i told my parents that i didn't want to go to college right away and i think they really supported me in that and you know my dad would always say you know maybe college just she's just not one of those kids that college is for her it just might not be for her um and at that time I wasn't mature enough to go to college and cosmetology was exactly what I wanted to do so that was in my way my way of going to college I still went away for a year but then I came back and I got to start working before everybody else and I really wanted to do that, that's exactly what I wanted to do, and I've always known that I wanted to do that, it was just when you find your passion, you find something that you love, you know, you you really just want to go for it and put your all into it, and I think that was what I really, I've just always known, I've always had a knack for doing other people's hair before the dances at school I was always doing my friend's hair I was always braiding my friend's hair in homeroom like it was just always always something that I I wanted to make sure I wanted to make the world a better place by doing people's hair
0: <laughs> to make them happy to, f- to make yeah. them feel happy yeah. right wanted, looking good I just
1: wanted to make someone's day and I think that's what made me feel good was the fact that I was getting paid to do something that I absolutely loved doing, and that just, that made the biggest difference of all, and um, I think after 10 years of doing it full time, I got tired. (laughs) I just got really burnt out, so that was actually when I decided to kind of switch careers, go into banking, and then go back to school to get my degree for accounting and finance.
0: Well, that's a big uh, transition, transition there, right?
1: But at the same time, later on down the road, I realized I was mature enough. And I enjoy working with numbers. So might as well, you know, go back to school, get something under my belt, just some sort of degree and just kind of go for it.
0: And how was that, that journey?
1: was a tough journey. And, you know, and that's still fairly recent too that I switched over to do banking full-time I still do hairdressing on the side because I love some of my clients and I could never leave them and I just love making people feel beautiful so I do it now more for my own pleasure and on my own schedule than someone else's schedule but the journey to not pursue hairdressing full-time and change career paths that was a big big step for me to kind of understand why I needed to do it and why I wanted to do it and I wanted to do it so that way I could create a more positive story for myself and you know when I'm when I was down on my luck I got to turn I could turn myself around I got to change how my life turned out
0: Yeah. Plus, it gives you more um, options, it, it right? It opens a lot more doors, um,
1: career-wise. And I know, I know my potential. I know, you know, what I'm capable of. I know if any anything, I do, if I put my mind to it, I know I can get it done, and I know I can succeed. And I think that was one of the lessons that I had to prove to myself by going back to school and moving up within the bank as well you know moving from the front towel line to the back office and you know all this information that I've learned in the last five years has just been insane like I I look back and I can't believe I've retained some of this information and now I'm teaching other people how to do this so it's kind of cool oh
0: my god how does that feel when you're teaching others (laughs) to start the same steps that you
1: went through, basically. It's crazy, but it's so awesome. It's so awesome to know that I can pass my knowledge along to someone else, and someone else will find that useful as well. That's that's my favorite thing to do. I just love teaching other people, and I love watching my coworkers succeed. And I want to make sure that when it does come back to me,
0: Yeah, which I find that a lot of people um, have that gift or perhaps they have the gift, but they choose not to pass it along to share. And um, it's there's kind of that quote that says, call me crazy, that I like to see other people succeed kind of thing.
1: And I think that just that sets my attitude and me apart from, you know, other people that I work with and have worked with. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to sit there and tell someone that they're doing a bad job. I'm going to focus on their strengths and really play on that. And if there are weaknesses, I really want to help them turn it into a strength. So, you know, and that was always one thing that a lot of my, my hairdressing managers had told me, they're like, you should go back to, you should go teach hairdressing because you're one, you're good at it. And two, you know how to teach. And I think that was, that was always something that was always at the back of my mind, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to stay in hairdressing full-time, and that would have been a full-time job, and I didn't want to to end up hating it. It's something that I, I love, and something that, you know, I don't want to do too much of, but I still love it, and it's still a passion of mine, but I get to do it when I want to,
0: now at this point when you want to yeah now it becomes um uh right. an option kind of thing like it's right. your choice it's not a, a exactly a, a must exactly and i i really love how you position it how um you know you didn't want to wait right. uh to hate it um, you actually wanted to be proactive and and start looking for something else but still love and do that part-time because it is a part of your journey right I guess you just felt that it was the need to move on in you know in the fact that uh looking at the right. full-time kind right. of thing
1: looking at something that was more conducive you know I'm getting older I want a family and I I needed, I need the benefits of having the job that has those benefits that will allow me to have, you know, be out of work and spend the first six to 12 weeks with my chat with my newborn child. Like, I, I needed something that was more conducive to my, how I want to spend my life. And hairdressing is more like, well, when are you coming back? You just had the baby yesterday, you coming back tomorrow? So... <laughs> it's just just like one of those things where it's like I need my (laughs) time so
0: it's demanding it's demanding so
1: you know I just I needed my thing I needed to do what was what I felt was best for myself and I really am happy with that move that that I made and I'm glad I did it
0: But you also do, um, I do a photography, photography,
1: right? Yeah. yep. I actually just finished up a family. Um, me and one of my girlfriends, we have a photography business together, and she's actually teaching me a lot about the camera, and that's kind of why we're working together. But I also we provide hair and makeup services because I have the license to do that, and. I'll jump in and do photos with her if I have an extra couple of minutes. So it's kind of like we're very like well-versed and it kind of sets us apart from all the other photographers in the area. So that's that was kind of like mm-hmm. our main focus. We wanted something that would set us apart. And I feel like her teaching me photography and me helping out and doing hair and makeup for some of our shoots, I think that really makes us an amazing option and her editing skills are fantastic so we're really just learning from each other and just kind of building this this baby business and it's actually really taking off so it's just crazy to think that we started a couple months ago and here we are like renting houses for photo shoots and we're just we're really killing it and I'm so 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 proud of her and I'm so proud of us as like a partnership because this is something that we both really like to do like we love being around people we love socializing but we also love taking pictures doing hair doing makeup and we just want to see other people feel good in their skin because some people really don't like photos
0: Hmm. well yeah some people are kind of shy and then you Absolutely. really need to break the ice right and to break the ice, you need uh, the right people to uh, to Absolutely. have that Absolutely. gift, right? So, but wow, it's it's amazing how um, you know. There's some people say you know, oh, you, you need to focus in one thing, be be good at it at one thing, and you'll succeed. But then uh, my point of view is, yeah, you can focus on the one thing, but then you can also experiment and, and kind of try other things that you may also be good at it. And for what you know, may actually lead you to su- success faster than the other <laughs> skills that you've been Absolutely. using from your past Absolutely. life, right?
1: So it's it it's nice. It's just one of those so, things where like we can kind of just have fun with it and it's it's a fun job. That's what it is. It's not really more. It's not really a job, but we're still getting paid to do it. But we're having so much fun while we're doing that job. So it's a fun job.
0: Yeah. Plus it goes uh, hand on hand. Uh, your skills, yes. her skills. Right. It's yes, like a great definitely. Uh, combination. Definitely.
1: So it's it just it works and. That's know, amazing. Like said, there there isn't many. Photographer, hairstylist out there that one, they know what they're doing. And two, they have, they rent out houses and you do the hair and makeup right on site. So it's just kind of, it's, it's a fun, fun little business venture that we're kind of trying out and, you know, whether we succeed or we fail, we've, we tried it and we loved it. So I don't think, I don't think we're going to fail at it, but I think, our outlook is definitely something that makes it different.
0: Different, yep. yeah, more mm-hmm. uh, unique, definitely. right? So now um, my question to you is, is there a special message you would like to share with our listeners uh, definitely.
1: today? Definitely, I definitely want our listeners to know that No matter what you're going through, no matter what you know your past is, no matter what your future holds, it doesn't matter. You know, your story is your story, and just be proud of the trials and tribulations that you've had to overcome because that is ultimately what's going to help you become a better person every single day your your attitude is going to change your life right in front of your eyes and if it's a positive attitude it's you're going to have more positive things happen in your life and I I definitely think that that makes the biggest difference is you know own your story own what you've been through own your stuff because no one else can take that from you
0: That's powerful. And um, honestly, Amelia, I would like to thank you for sharing your inspirational story of your struggles and your um, achievements and successes uh, with us today. And also for all the listeners out there, a big thank you and keep tuning in for our next episode. Namaste.